630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. And now you've got Kajula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores! Alex not to shoot, pressure by Gerard, then threw him aside to the net, back for one-timer score! Connor McDavid ends the game! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Stasty wins the faceoff, Bufflin pulls it, it's score! Deflected, was it Brian Little? slot. Line A was in front of the net. It goes off one of the sticks. And Brian Little may have the second goal of the game for the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets are rolling tonight. Six minutes left in the first period. They lead the Minnesota Wild 4-0. Winnipeg looking to move on to the second round. They are totally in control of that hockey game. Other games tonight, Flyers, who are trying to stay alive, up one nothing on the Penguins. That's early in the second period. Claude Giroux with the only goal in that game. Later on tonight, the Avalanche and the Predators. Three series could end tonight in the NHL. A couple more could end tomorrow. Uh, potentially, if every game, if every series ends in the fewest number of games possible, we would only have 39 games total in the first round. That's if all the five gamers end and then Columbus and Washington don't go seven. Uh, There were 42 games last year in the first round, 47, 47, and 48 in the three years before that. So we're not having long series. We've already had a couple of sweeps, but uh, we'll see. And uh, Philly looking uh, so far okay to stay alive in Pittsburgh. The Jets are going to finish off the wild. I would think the Predators, pretty good chance to beat the Avalanche on home ice. Blue Jays and Yankees 2-2. That is in the bottom of the third. And the Raptors about to tip off in Washington for Game 3 of that series. Toronto up two games to nothing. All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Ched. It is 6.08. This is going to be fun tonight. It's Friday. It's finally great weather outside. Uh... I'm on holidays next week. We have Royal Pizza coming in seven minutes. So, yeah, my focus level is low, folks. It's turned right down. Like, this is, I I can see the finish line towards a few days off here. And uh, also in studio, and we'll get to know him a little bit later on, but I'm I'm pleased, this this is part of the reason why we're having a party and why we get pizza. Uh, A young man by the name of Theodore Ng is in studio. So uh, he's a chemical engineer in Grand Prairie. And he's a big Oilers fan, big Eskimos fan, a big Blue Jays fan, big Raptors fan. And I believe he also likes an upstart football team called the New England Patriots. Maybe we'll get into that story a little bit later on. Uh, So in in the fall, uh, the Edmonton Sun has their ATCO charity auction. And one of the things that people could bid on was to spend uh, an episode of Inside Sports in studio. So Theodore had the highest bid. So, but he's, he's, fr- he's originally from Edmonton, but from now lives in Grand Prairie. So it was like, okay, we got to find a show we can come in. And he's like, I, he's like, Reed, I can come in uh, this day in February. And that was the day we did the show from Claire Drake Arena for the 500th meeting between the Golden Bears and the Huskies hockey teams. So I said, well, you're not going to get a great experience. I mean, you'd get to go to the game, but you, you won't get that studio experience. So we worked out another day. So Theodore is here tonight. 
So, Theodore, again, thanks for bidding. It's great to have you in studio. Uh, we're, we're not going to... I'll subject you to a bit of a radio interview a little bit later on. Uh, but thanks thanks for bidding and thanks for coming into Inside Sports. And thanks because of you. Uh, we get pizza. We get Jack Michaels. And I get to coast into a week of holidays. So this is uh, this is unbelievable. Uh, but in all seriousness, you can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Huge game tonight in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. The Spruce Grove Saints can win the league title. They're up three games to one going into Okotoks. The game starts in less than an hour. The Saints are coached by Bram Steven. Bram, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Doing very well. I appreciate you making time for us here on a game day, and I'm curious to know how the last three days have felt. You guys had a game on home ice on Tuesday with a chance to win the title. You're obviously still in a great situation, up three games to one, but uh, you know how are, how are the guys doing? Obviously, I'm sure there was a great deal of excitement going into game four How's the refocusing yeah, no, been for Game group, Five? Yeah, our group, uh, our group. You know, we maybe took a bit of a night off in Game Four there, and um, game was so close, could have potentially had it uh, in the third period as one-one going to the third, but just uh, didn't uh, wasn't able to get it done. They they popped two in quickly there, and uh, Wednesday for us was a uh, was a day off. A lot of our guys actually traveled out of town to attend a funeral service, and then. And then we were back on the ice on uh, Thursday, and, and the group seems a little bit more refreshed and ready to go. All right. Uh, obviously, it, a lot of games in this series have been really close. What's allowed you to have a 3-1 lead, you think, and, and pull out a couple close games earlier in the series? Yeah, they're both teams play similar style as far as just shutting it down close to their own net. Both teams are tough to get in the house, and, and the margin in three of the four games has been very, very close. And... Um, and, uh, you know, from, from our standpoint, I think just the execution and then finishing the key moments, we had that very much so in, in the first two games. And then in game four, they were able to, to have that same feel late late in the third there and, and getting the, the two goals. And and so, number one, it's just execution. And both teams have good goaltenders. Uh, number two, it's, it's making sure the depth of the group, uh, all four lines are going. And, uh, and we're managing the game to the transition points. All right, uh, one of the top guy. Well, I mean, your your top scorer, one of the best guys in the league, Chris Van Oshot, didn't play in Game Four. Uh, or with Game Five coming up, is there any update on his status? Yeah, he won't be playing tonight. Um, looking a little bit more doubtful for the series here. Okay. All right. Well, that's a tough break for you guys. Bram Steven, head coach of the Spruce Grove Saints, joining us tonight on Inside Sports, getting ready for Game 5 uh, against Okotoks. I mean, what was it like? I mean, you've now played this team twice as many times as you played them during the regular season. So what what, what do you think the two teams have, have learned about each other? And I assume from a coaching standpoint, there's been a lot of adjusting on the fly here. Yeah, there has been. I think a lot of it's been on special teams. Both teams are showing different looks on how to enter zones and uh, and execute uh, from there. Um, I think five on five, what you see is what you get, and then it becomes just a smaller adjustments, how to recover second pucks and how to give support in certain areas to take advantage of maybe where a team doesn't have as much support. Both teams have defensemen that, that escape traffic quite well up going back for pucks in their own end. I think that's been an adjustment for both teams, just learning how to how to still contain space. And, and I think um, our group did that well at the start, and then they started to do that much better lately, and, and, uh, and we need to respond that way and, and clamp down a little bit more space. 
All right. Well, it's been a great series, Brown, but all the best to you guys tonight. Hopefully uh, you're celebrating here in a few hours. Thanks for making time for us here on Chad. Thanks, Reed. Appreciate that. Hope I am too. All the best to Bram Steven and the Spruce Grove Saints as they go for the title tonight against the Okotoks Oilers. They were up three games to nothing. Okotoks able to stay alive on Tuesday. And as you heard Bram say, uh, the leading scorer for the Saints, excellent young player, Chris Van Oshaw, not going to play tonight. I don't know if we'll see him again in the series if it does exp- extend beyond uh, this evening. But we'll update that game for you once it gets going at 7 o'clock. Still 4 nothing for the Jets, taking it to the Minnesota Wild. Two minutes left in the first period. John texting into 6.30, He says, Reed, when the Oilers don't make the playoffs, I get my satisfaction watching other Canadian teams lose. The Leafs are all but done, and hopefully the Jets lose to the Predators in the next round, so all will be right in the universe again. There is uh, John, who uh, doesn't want the Canadian teams to do well. And Rocket says, I know historically the Flames-Oilers rivalry gets most of the attention because both teams are in Alberta, but after watching the Winnipeg fans erupt like Edmonton fans do, I see an Oilers-Jets playoff matchup next year. Flames fans, look at this one from Rocket, Flames fans are just white-collar bandwagon cowboys, but these Jets fans are totally blue-collar and my kind of folks. That is from Rocket on the text slide at uh, 6.30, 630. Some uh, emotion on the text line tonight on a Friday night. All right, uh, we're pretty cool local story here uh, about you probably know the website, OilersNation.com We're going to have uh, one of their chief bloggers on the show next, and this is a, a really, they, they did some great stuff for, for Humboldt. We'll have that story when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Mike Riley and the Eskimos at minicamp in Las Vegas over the weekend, getting ready for the new season. May 27th will be our first Eskimos broadcast here on 630 Chet, a preseason game against an opponent from Saskatchewan. It is 6.20. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6.30. Chad, don't forget, some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Attend the perfect marriage of bird and beer. A five-course meal paired with six collective art beers prepared by guest chefs from Solstice and Faro. RSVP at northchickenyeg.com. You can visit them 124th Street and 107th Avenue. Well, obviously, the Humboldt bus crash has been a huge, tragic story in this country for the last couple of weeks, but we've seen a lot of people do very good deeds as a result. Uh, Our next guest doesn't use his real name, but he's a real good guy. I'm pleased to welcome from Oilers Nation, Bagged Milk. Bagged Milk, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Breed, it's been a while. Always happy to talk to you. Well, it's great to have you on the show, and you guys have done some pretty cool stuff there at Oilers Nation. I'll I'll let you tell the story here. Can you just give us a sense of uh, of what you guys decided to do for Humboldt uh, and the momentum that you gathered and, and where we're at now? Give me the summary, buddy. Yeah, I mean, like like you and everybody else, we found out about it on the Friday night. Um, obviously, hoping for the best when you go to bed, kind of hoping to wake up to some good news of any kind. When we found out kind of how serious and how bad and how horrible things actually ended up, we knew we had to do something. We, uh, we knew we had to use our platform and our traffic and our resources to try and make something happen, to try and help in any way possible. 
So we launched our Humboldt Tribute Tea um, on that Saturday afternoon, hoping maybe, you know, fingers crossed that we could sell 500 of them, even just to chip in 2,000 bucks or just, we want to do something, anything to help to try and alleviate any of the pressures monetarily, obviously. You know, money doesn't change the fact of there was a lot of lives lost and far too soon, but our community really rallied around it and spread the word. And instead of selling 500 t-shirts, we ended up selling 7,000 t-shirts. And uh, where we're at now is trying to figure out and manage the logistics of shipping 7,000 t-shirts and making sure people that spend money with us are getting what they paid for. And as as we speak right now, Reed, um, we're all kind of huddling at the office trying to make sure that we put systems in place to get these out and shipped as quickly as possible. And, uh, um, you know, we're not Nike. We're a small company, and uh, we've taken a lot of volunteers from the community, a lot of volunteers from the Pint and from our friends at Print Machine and anybody that we could reach out to that's offered to help. And it, it's looking really cool. It's going to be a lot of work to ship these things out, but um, it's for a great cause. And like I said before, it was something that we had to do. It was something that we felt was necessary given given the soapbox that we have. And uh, for us, there really was no other option that other than to help in any way possible. Well, that, that's incredible and, and good for you guys for getting that going. And, and so what would you say, 7,000 shirts? And how much were you able to, to donate to the GoFundMe? So, so, yeah, so we did 7,000 shirts. It's just around 4,000 total orders. And we were able to donate $140,000. So um, without the community sharing it on social media and buying tees and spreading the message, it never would have happened. We never would have gotten to the levels we were at. So we're just incredibly grateful for our community and for Edmonton and for everybody who shared the link to our shirts around the world. We've got, I think it is 14 or 15 different countries we're going to be shipping to. Um, like I said, there's a lot of work to do, but we're happy to do it. And um, we're, we're just really grateful for the community and that we were able to even just help out a little bit. Obviously, the money's a, a drop in the bucket, but um, we, we, we really felt strongly about helping in any possible way. And we tried to come through as best we could. So really all the credit goes to the community for sharing, for spending harder dollars and being patient with us as we try to navigate these orders. Well, that's incredible. I mean, great for Oilers Nation and good for you guys. And that's that's an incredible uh, fundraising effort that you did as well. Bag Milk joining us from Oilers Nation. And I, I should touch on this as well while I have you on the line, Bagged. This was recently the 10th anniversary of, of the website. That's pretty incredible, buddy. Yeah, it, it really is. When you uh, when you look at it, time flies, right? It all started because of the Ryan Smith trade when he went to the New York Islanders. So to think of where we started out of a place of anger and just general disappointment of not having a place for fans to be heard and then turning it into what it is now, is it's really incredible. And um, 10 years went by in a flash. We're looking forward to the next 10 and seeing what we can do with this community as it continues to grow. Um, Oilers fans are a very passionate bunch, and they're a very generous bunch as well. Um, and we're just thrilled with the community we have. It continues to grow. The response to any initiative we have is always overwhelming, and uh, we're just really grateful. It's been 10 solid years, and we're looking forward to another 10. Now, Bag Milk, I have to ask, it, it was obviously a tough year for the Oilers, but... 
seeing some posts lately, would it be fair to suggest that there may be members of Oilers Nation taking some glee in the elimination of the Anaheim Ducks? I'm not. I'm not putting words in your mouth there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, on the website uh, just yesterday we threw a no playoffs party uh, for the Anaheim Ducks. We welcomed them to the tee box. Obviously, as Oilers fans, we got first dibs on the prime tee times, but we were very happy to welcome the Anaheim Ducks. Those heathens from down south to the no playoff party and uh it was just kind of satisfying to know that they won just as many playoff games as the Oilers did this year and you know the schadenfreude was real but we were we were happy to spread it around if you will okay well i'm sure a lot of people enjoyed that bag milk great efforts with the t-shirts for humboldt all the best getting those out and i really appreciate you giving us an update on the show thanks reed appreciate the chat Bag milk from OilersNation.com. Incredible what they did with those t-shirts for Humboldt and the money they raised for that GoFundMe endeavor. Well, things are about to get a little weirder. After I'm the here, 630 bud. News, Jack Michaels is here. I thought he came in to be on the show. He just wanted me to buy a raffle ticket for his son's baseball team. Hey, have you not mic'd me up yet? You're right, right there. I I, don't, I feel like my headphone volume is lacking. There How's we that? go. All right. Yeah. You know me. I do like Blarovision. You're always turning around at the rink yeah. to our Shouting. engineer. Turn yeah. up my headphones. Yeah, I do like Blaro sound. Rob Brown is the he. Rob Brown is must be like part canine. He's very sensitive. He needs the volume <laughs> at like an absolute minimum. We got more with Jack coming up. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We got a blowout in progress in Winnipeg. Jets lead the Wild 4-0 after the first. They are trying to finish off that series. The Penguins have tied it up against the Flyers 1-1. Four minutes left in the second period. If the Penguins win, that series is over. If the Predators win over the Avalanche later on, that series is over. Blue Jays lead the Yankees 5-4 in the bottom of the fourth. And the Raptors lead the Wizards 24-18 with four minutes left in the first quarter. Raptors are up 2-0 in that series. My name is Reed Wilkins. Theodore Ng is in studio. He's the Edmonton Sun Atco Charity Auction winner. Theodore, it's very nice to meet you. Thanks for coming in for Grand Prairie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being one of the few people who finds the show interesting. <laughs> That's not true, Reed. We all love you. Well, you have to, Jack, because you work with me. Now You have to find a way to tolerate me. It's golf season. We're wearing better golf shirts than that this year, right? Yes. Okay, good. This is this, this is, is my Friday night before vacation. Right. Golf this shirt. is this is a leisure golf shirt, not something you'd actually wear out on the course. No, I wouldn't wear this or on even the in public. No, no, it's too. I heavy. mean, beyond this, too kind of public. Okay, good. Yeah, that is the voice of Jack Mike. Oh, I I've, I always do this when you come on. Hang on. What did I do? We got to play one of your goals. Nugent Hopkins manages to get it to Connor McDavid into the zone. Drop pass back to Nugent Hopkins, driving the net. Wrist shot score. Oilers tie the game two all. Nugent Hopkins. With a goal and an assist tonight, McDavid's assisted on both Edmonton strikes. All right, there's uh, there's the nooch. I'm glad you used that one. Did you see that on social media? Today? I did see he that. Engaged. Uh, I'm I'm glad you used that one and not Zach Cassian's goal in San Jose in February. Well, I tried to pick a recent one. No, but did you? <laughs> was that when you were sick? Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I forgot a, about that. I was. A I disgrace. can find those if you want. I was an absolute disgrace. The <laughs> highlights from that game. Do you remember the? If date? you ever want to get me back, 
you oh, know, what? but just I mean, you had to. Fight I think it was something it. like February. Was that the first 12th? game? It was the first. It was the first of the three Februarys. So my and, question is, why are you feeding this to him? Uh, just because I mean, it did. I had a lot of listeners uh, tweet me. And and this is funny. They actually said, "Did you swallow a chainsaw?" And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I never would have come up with that analogy, but that was bang on how I sounded. I I did. It sounded like, or or maybe not even a chainsaw, but like a power sander. It was like I inhaled one right before I think and then I went out. Oh, hang on. Tierney, drag move, and again, turns oh, over off the rush. That's twice he's done that. It's banked off the boards. Cassie it again. Backhander score. And the Oilers are right back that's in hard. this game. I've paid that down. I wow. feel bad for you, man. Like, that's... Oh, wow. I feel bad for the list. I, I didn't... You know what? I knew it was bad, but hearing it back... Oh, the listeners must have been What's just the sickest agony. you've ever been for a broadcast? Right there. That, well, that was it. Right there. In your 20-year, 1,000 and worse. I don't even know how many games you're up to now. Because I have been deathly ill before, but never anything that attacked my voice. In fact, I used to quite often brag about how even when I lost my voice, when I needed it, it was always there for two and a half hours, and right. then it would shut down right away after the game. It was some sort of like Jedi mind trick that I played on myself, adrenaline kicked in. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but I would have no voice, do the game, no voice again. This time, I, I mean, it was, this cold was, I, it, this was not even a cold. This was an attack on the immune system of the highest order. Like, in terms of non-life-threatening, I can't imagine a worse illness. All right, Theodore. So, again, thanks for bidding. You're hanging out here for the show tonight. We got Jack here. I'm going to put you on the spot. Is there anything you would like to ask Jack? You know, in the past, you're a fairly regular listener, so you probably know Jack and I have covered off uh, uh, movies, uh, music. Wrestling. uh, Breeds of dogs. um, Ostrich races, wrestling, <laughs> lesser extent, me involved in the wrestling. Certainly Kellen. Oh, come on. You never watched it as a kid? Yeah, when grade 11 and 12, I watched wrestling. Right. There you go. Right. I don't still watch it. I don't still I watch it I either. Watched the Andre, I am going to let you ask a question. I haven't watched the Andre the Giant doc yet, though. Yeah, well, you've got to do I that. I finally watched the two Bills the other night. I don't still it watch it. okay. I thought it was pretty good. I don't still watch it, but when I did watch it, it was in its absolute glory era. I mean, it really was. I watched it from 86 to 88, and you ask anyone yeah, who knows probably, anything about wrestling, they'd tell you those are the greatest three I think years I in watched might have just after that. Like, I, I watched when Ultimate Warrior fought, fought Hogan at Skydome. Okay, so that oh, was I think 90. that was 89 or 90. That was yeah. 90, yeah. It was still fun. And I Sometimes your kneecap just pops out of place, and then you can move it right back in. I remember that commentary, because apparently Hogan... Was, you know, had a knee injury. Well, Jesse the body was a hell of a color comment. I don't know if he, he was, was doing that one or not. Great, great governor too, eh? Yeah, I don't know. Solid. I have no idea. All right, Theodore, all right. What, what do you, you got? Like what what I'll say is I don't know anything about wrestling, so everything okay. is everything's going over my head essentially right no, now. No, that's all right. Um, this is also thirty years ago. Reed and I are older <laughs> than you are. That's true. So what I'll say, what I'll, what I'm going to ask Jack in this case is, um, d- is there a specific game in memory, whether it's the Oilers or another game that you called? another team that you would say is your most memorable game that you've ever called? I would say game six against Anaheim. And if we add the last 30 seconds of that, you'll not hear me. And that's because it was pointless to continue trying to broadcast that game. 
It was so loud. My ears were ringing. I mean, I was actually in a, a slight degree of pain. And I know they, uh, Winnipeg tweeted out something about 102 megawatts or whatever when, when they got the fourth goal tonight. It was, it, I'll tell you right now, even though I'm not there, it wasn't as loud as Game 6 against uh, Anaheim. I'm looking for it right now. The, the last 20 or 30 seconds, I, I didn't say I a word. I just, I just said, I'll let the crowd take you home if you can hear me. And, and then we didn't talk. And I just remember that, Theodore, I mean, the reason, you know, that has an impact, of course, you knew you were going to play a Game 7 with a chance to go to the conference final, so you're excited about that. You can't help, as the play-by-play guy, you can't help become somewhat invested in the team. Let, let's hear what we're talking about here. My ears are shaking. They really went to the horn. <laughs> that's, that's a long. That's why they horn. pay me the big bucks because <laughs> I don't say a word. Oh. I mean that, that was uh, that was that was a part because they they yeah. blew them out. Yeah, they blew them out. Five nothing. It, but what was so impressive to me, Theodore, is like even though the game was decided really from, uh, I mean, the early second period. Once Anaheim made no push, the game was over, and not one person left. And you know, the last minute of the game, it wasn't just you know you 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 couldn't hear anything. You couldn't hear a lot of times you you hear the puck being chipped in, and it, the game just kind of ends with a thud when it's seven to one or whatever it was. And that that game, it sounded like it was the final minute and the game was tied or or in overtime it was just a it was just a tremendous reaction and you know one of the things that uh you know makes me excited to call games in this city is it was it was just phenomenal and the other thing theodore that was really cool is you walked outside after the game and reed doesn't get a chance to capture this because of course he's he's doing the overtime open line but I mean, it was just a party in the streets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the sun was out. It's plus 20, and people are just loving life. So that, for me, was a a memorable night, a a memorable aftermath, and I'm hoping to experience it again real soon. Yeah, that was that was a great game, and I mean the Oilers just took it over. They had to win to stay alive. They they clinched Game Six against. Well, I mean the DeHarnay goal last year was a pretty huge reaction. That was a big and, one. And that too. was one of those overtimes where. I mean, San Jose had the 3-1 lead. Letestu scored on the power play late in the second period. And San Jose came out and did nothing in the third. Like, they were playing... And, and, and finally, Edmonton needed a bounce. To, yep. uh, puck angled right to Clefbaum, and he blasted it home with something like two and a half to go. And then San Jose couldn't get anything right. going in overtime, but as the overtime went longer, you start to think, is this going to be one of those overtimes? Where, where the they get one chance. Two, yeah. They get a two-on-two, two and a puck goes in off a leg. But, yeah, the Deharnay goal was pretty And exciting. the other thing, Theodore, is that the San Jose game truly did. You had a feeling whoever won that game was winning the series. Oh, for sure. I mean, it was 2-2, and San Jose was wobbling. You know, Thornton was obviously playing on half a leg, and, and you, you knew that if you could get that game five. Yeah. Yep, yep. Because probably going to be if, over. if Edmonton loses that game, I mean, not only are they on the road for Game Six facing elimination, they could have been in a situation where they'd been outscored ten or eleven one over a two game stretch, right? right? If it, they would have, because it was seven seven nothing was Game Four, yeah. and then again late in the second period, San Jose's up three one. I mean, they outscored Edmonton ten one over a stretch of about four and a half periods, right? 
So, yeah. But the, the, and, the and the other thing is fun. beating a veteran team like the Sharks, who had been to the Stanley Cup final the year prior, beating them twice in a row. To, you know, to get to the next round would have been a tall order. So Jack Michaels in studio. Theodore Ings, our uh, auction winner from the uh, Edmonton Sun Charity Auction. Jack, Bill Peters has uh, resigned as coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, Pat Steinberg from the Flames Radio Network uh, tweeting that he expects on Monday Peters to be hired as the head coach of the Calgary Flames. It's an interesting move, and I'll say this. I have tremendous respect for Bill Peters, and I like him a lot. Uh, but if I were to tell you that one guy is 145 and 123 and one guy is 137 and 138, who would be your natural pick to be the head coach? Well, the guy with the better record. Right. That's Glenn Gullison. That's Glenn Gullison. I mean, that's, you know, and and all full disclosure, Glenn and I go back 20 years. Right. Uh, Bill and I don't have the same sort of history that, that Bob and Bill do. I've gotten to know Bill over the last four or five years. I do think he's a good coach, and I do think perhaps with some more resources at his disposal, uh, you know, he might have had he might have had a better record in Carolina. I will say though that this was supposed to be a big year for the Hurricanes. I picked them to be in the playoffs. Yep. I thought he had brought them to a certain point, and he didn't take that next step. Now you could easily say, well. You know, it's Ron Francis who went out and got Darling. It's not Bill Peters. And Darling kind of torpedoed the season right from the get-go for Carolina. I mean, he was just dreadful the entire year. He was terrible. He was terrible in the game Edmonton played there, as you remember, Reed. I think the Oilers got seven on him. Yeah, that was that late-season one. Yeah. Hurricanes, they checked out. Absolutely. And that that's another, what you just said, checked out. Now, of course... Calgary completely collapsed at the finish too. I don't think that yeah. helped Glenn Gallagher. Well, and before Edmonton, I mean Edmonton got a bit of a bounce, and then they had kind of their four or five game doldrums right. on that road trip, and then they played decent the last two home games. It's so. a gutsy. What I'm saying is, it's a gutsy move by Brad Tree Living. If, if that's the move he makes, right? Only, and, and we're assuming, but we, we, Peters has resigned right. in Carolina. That's for sure. Right, we're, and he's not resigning to he's, not coach. Well, exactly. You'd, yeah. you'd think usually don't, don't quit a job unless you got one lined up, right? right. And and Bill, you know, Bill Peters is is an accomplished enough coach and respected enough around the league that you know there might be some opportunities for him in Dallas. I mean, he, I'm not sure he has to take the Calgary job. Uh, I think that's that's where you know perhaps it makes the most sense. But Bill Peters, you know, that that hiring to me is just that's a that's a bold move to you know fire a guy with a better record than the guy you're bringing in. And, you know, that's that's my chief opposition to some of the people who, you know, want to want to make knee jerk reactions with with Edmonton situation is are you what's the better alternative than Todd McClellan? I mean, seriously, Todd McClellan is an accomplished coach. And I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, your fired Glenn Gollinson is is Bill Peters that much better of an alternative. I, I suppose time will tell, and maybe they felt that Calgary's collapse at the finish had something to do with with Gullison not necessarily uh, bringing it. I think similar to what happened in Carolina. I mean, Mike Smith came back from that injury, yeah. beat the Oilers with a great shutout, and then was awful yeah. for five until, consecutive until games. Until he played the Oilers again. Right, until he played the Oilers again. All right, we're going to take a timeout, not because Jack has a shortage of things to say. The Sorry. Royal Pizza is here, which was part of Theodore. Yeah, I think more he was bidding on the Royal Pizza that came along with the Inside He wasn't Sports bidding Series. on me? 
Uh, we're coming right back. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right. We're eating. Ah, it's good, Jack. Hey, this is the life. We need to get Theodore to win more auctions. <laughs> no kidding. Sprite out of a coffee mug. I this, mean, this is, we're living. I'm a high society right now. We, I'm a distinguished gentleman right now. I think we've peaked right now. Yeah. I am. I feel very distinguished right now. Oh, this is right great. Now. This is a lot of fun. We got Royal Pizza. Theodore Ring is here. Uh, he grew, we grew up in Sherwood Park. Lives in Grand Prairie. Bid on the... Uh, Edmonton Sun Atco charity auction to sit in on Inside Sports. So we brought Jack in. We're going to get uh, Mookie Mitchell and Blake Dermott in. And then I don't know else what we're going to do. Maybe someone will just show up between 7.30 and 8. Now, uh, my question is, Reed, you were talking earlier about the first preseason game, Edmonton-Saskatchewan. Yeah. The West, is it still going to rule? I well, mean, it should. Yeah. I mean, is the East going to be as lousy as it's been the last three years? Well, I think another year of Tressman in Toronto, they could they could be a lot more of a force to be reckoned with in the regular season. Now, what does that mean? Better than a 500 record? I mean, the East has been Well, yeah, I know. Just horrendous. I, I've harped on this before. They need to get rid of the divisions. Right? I mean, 9-9 nine and nine wins the East. Yeah. The last three or four years. No, having said that, Ottawa and Toronto. True, <laughs> they Calgary want it. the Great Cup. Yeah, they want it. Yeah. But I don't, that's I don't more about you, Calgary I biting should, I don't apple. know if you should get a buy a buy in a home game because of a 9-9 nine and nine record like Toronto did. Right. Um, now, the year Edmonton beat Ottawa in the Great Cup, Ottawa did have the third best record in the league. They were 12-6. and six. That was a pretty good team. And then everyone else in the East was garbage. As I can't I remember recall. what it was in the... In the in 2015. I, f- I feel like Ottawa was 12 and 6, and the other three teams might have won eight games total. Com- well, okay. No, I'm serious. Combined? I think it was like 12, 4, 3, 2, or something like that. Well, now I got to Google it. I don't I, think it was that, I don't was, think it was was that it not, bad. Was Jack. it not that bad? I mean, I just think there the might East have been, two has been bottom teams might have been dreadful. The, the bottom two teams might have been. I mean, are the you, West, you? usually everyone's at least 500. Oh, often, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I agree with you. I think they should just go to one big cluster. Like, the East-West thing is not some mysterious yeah. thing anymore. Like Go old school, but go like, you know, the original six. Make it, you know, the original. 20, oh, 20, okay, here's the interesting thing about 2015, Jack. All right, what is it? Ottawa, 12-6. and six. Yeah. The other two playoff teams, Hamilton and Toronto, both 10-8. and eight. Oh. In the West, Edmonton and Calgary, both 14-4. and four. Yeah. The third place, BC Lions. Seven and eleven. Go go forward a year. Twenty sixteen. There was like an e. There was an East year where three. Teams, well, the last two years. The were bottom bad. three were just horrendous. Anyway, so twenty sixteen. Ottawa. Ottawa was first at eight nine and one. Eight nine and one. Hamilton and Montreal. And they were both won it seven that. and eleven. Was that the year they won? Yeah, it? when they beat yeah. Calgary in overtime. Right. Uh, Hamilton and Montreal were both seven and eleven. Toronto was five and thirteen. Not and then this pa- this past year. Toronto won it at nine and nine. Toronto right? was nine and nine. Ottawa was again eight, nine and one. Hamilton had six wins, but they were zero and eight before they won. And uh, Montreal was three and fifteen. What do you think of Montreal hiring um, Sherman, the guy who used to coach the Packers? I, uh, reeks of desperation. Yeah, I mean, you think Mike Sherman's got to be p- 
pushing 70, is he? I not? think so, yeah. I mean, he's he's got to be up there. I mean, I, I'm not being an ageist. I mean, Steve Spurrier at 73. Oh, sure. Hired in the Alliance of American Football or whatever that AF is. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> bottom line is, is you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a June Jones guy. I Hamilton's think, going to be interesting. I think I think June Jones will have a better chance at success uh, in the CFL than Mike Sherman. Was. See, Hamilton and Toronto could turn out to be good. And Ottawa, I mean, eight, nine, and one is not sexy, but they have had injury plagued seasons, and you know they kind of show up in the playoffs and are, are tough out. Yeah, I, Ottawa. I think we remember I was on this show early last season, and and people were saying, "Oh, Ottawa will come around." I'm like, "They're not coming around. They've lost five close games. You don't like, you don't." There's a reason you yeah losing close, you come close up the games yeah. over and over again isn't yeah. luck. Right. I know sometimes you might be like, "Well," but remember we were sitting here. Yeah, I do I remember some, that some, Someone yeah. said something. Well, were, it's were, a matter of time they before they turn the corner. Or two I was and like, six or something. Yeah. You know, you are what you are record wise. Uh, I I just hope that this year is a little bit more balanced because otherwise they've got to really look at the nine team format. Reed, ask Jack if Tyson Berry is the puck moving D the Oilers need, and what does he think the Avs would want? We're in the final minute. I think the Avs would want. Far too much. And what I mean is the Avs would probably want the same guy that got engaged today. And that's not happening. The Oilers. They're not moving, right? Peter Shirelli said no. They're not moving him. And nor should they. Because I think, I'll tell you right now, if there's one guy who's going to have an 80-point season out of nowhere next year, it's Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. You well, heard it here first. He could have got there this year if he was healthy. Yeah, and, he, and, well, he, he and it wasn't well, he just with McDavid. 80, but he would have been. It just wasn't with McDavid. If he's with McDavid next year, look out. Jack, thanks for coming in, buddy. I hope I lived up to my advanced building, Theodore. I know that was the primary reason he made the four-and-a-half-hour drive. And I can understand it. I do have a rather bombastic personality that you got to love. Blake Dermott and Mookie Mitchell up next. You're going to miss me. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.